We've got Squarespace sponsoring today's episode of You Talking You 2 to Me. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code BONO. From boy to boots, get on your boots. This is You Talking You 2 to Me. The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things U2. I am your co-host, Scott Aukerman. You know me from the Comedy Bang Bang podcast and TV show. And across from me is fellow U2 fan, Adam Scott. Hello, Scott. Together we are Adam Scott Aukerman. That's right. That's us. Two guys with similar voices. And similar tastes in YouTube music. <laughs> a lot of people, by the way, have have commented on us having uh, the exact same voice. So this is going to yeah. be very confusing for people to listen to. Should we, before each of us talks, should we mm-hmm. just say, I'll say my last name. Yeah, and I'll say, say my first, first name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Scott here. Scott here. <laughs> okay. Wait, I didn't say anything. Scott here. Hi, Adam. Uh, Scott here. Yeah. Hey, Hi, Scott. <laughs> this is going well. This is going great for a first show. Let me explain what we're doing here. Um, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. Adam Scott, actor from various things like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, mm-hmm. Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. I afford it the respect that the full title deserves. I don't call it Parks and Rec. Thank you for doing that. Yes. You're a rarity in this world. (laughs) I've always said that. You know, even on the set of the show, uh, I'm not afraid to say it, we throw around Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes even Parks. Even Par? Yeah, sometimes even P. (laughs) But it's it's, uh, disingenuous, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mm-hmm. and I appreciate you using the full, the full throated, full syllabled name of our lovely show, Parks and Recreation. Thank you, Adam. Got a hold of me a couple of weeks ago, and your email. Essentially, I'm gonna. You know what? I didn't memorize it. I'm so sorry. I should have. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we're not off to a great start. <laughs> but I will try to encapsulate it as best I can. You said to me, hey, man, it may have been a hey, bro, as well. Uh-huh. You said, hey, bro, uh, U2 has a record coming out very soon. Yeah. Uh, at the time of this recording, by the way, uh, you or I do not know the title of the record. It no. has not been announced. Nor any of its contents. No. But you, we know it's coming out very soon. Yeah. You said, would you like to do a podcast uh, where we go through and talk about you two, f- seriously perhaps, comedically uh-huh. perhaps, I don't uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you can call what we've done up to this point comedic or serious, but... It depends on whom you ask. <laughs> um, if you ask one of us, I'd say greatest podcast of all time. Ever. <laughs> but if you ask, say, an aunt of mine, she would probably just say, it sounds like just two people talking. Sounds like one person talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, I really want to talk about you two with someone. And I know that you were on my uh, Comedy Bang Bang program a few years back and we were talking about you two on it. Yeah, we did. We talked for a little bit about that. Which is maybe why I popped in your head. I don't know yeah. what. 
But uh, the record is coming out, and so we devised this podcast, which will be a limited series podcast where yeah. we discuss U2 in all of its incarnations uh, leading up to the release of this new record, which we will listen to and give our impressions of. Yeah. Uh, and this first episode is going to just delve into the period, their early period. That would be strange if we started in the middle. But we could. Yeah, or just talked about periods. <laughs> hey, ladies, <laughs> c- can you please call in right now and tell us about your first period experience? We'll just play YouTube music <laughs> under your voice. <laughs> Let me find the perfect song for this one. Ladies, <laughs> tell us about your periods. Let's hear it, ladies. <laughs> we want to hear it all. Did you get them on a Sunday? What kind of Sunday was it, ladies? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, I, I, I'll bet you that there's some zoo crew in our country where if there's a woman on or they play tape of a woman um, who is, uh, like, in a bad mood mm-hmm. or or saying something nasty, they play that song. Just as code. Yeah, that they're on their period. I'll Mm. bet that we have now done something that like a morning zoo crew does. I'm going to start doing it on my show because I thought it was gold. (laughs) Yeah, it was fantastic. (laughs) I loved it. Um, But uh, uh, so we are going to be discussing the early period from boy to uh, under a blood red sky. Another one of those. Yeah, I I think that it was your idea to talk about you two – in the, uh, in the context of their their like eras, I was yes. going to say their periods, <laughs> <laughs> because they tend to move in three like they three album cycles, three album cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them in their cycles. And we don't know what this new cycle is going to be either. I'm thinking it might be the beginning of a new cycle, Scott. It just maybe, or the end of the previous one. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, but they got to do something. But we'll get to it. But what we want this podcast to be is the definitive, uh-huh. comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things you 2 In other words, we are going to talk about it all on this show. If you have never heard of U2, you will feel like you have heard of U2. Absolutely. After you listen, Even if you've listened this far into the podcast, you will now have definitely felt like you've heard of of you, you too. too. Yeah, I hope but we've mentioned them a few times. Several times. Okay. So, but I want I also want to throw in little nuggets uh-huh. of details about them um that people may not know. So, sure. uh uh and I know you don't know a lot about their early period, so I'm just going to I'm I'm going to throw out some information as we talk about these things. Well, can I just say that this will be this one will be Boy, October, War, Under a Blood Red Sky. Mm-hmm. The next episode will be Unforgettable Fire, Unforgettable Fire Wide Awake in America, mm-hmm. Joshua, Joshua Tree, Tree. Oh. Rattle and Hum. Rattle and Hum. Right. And so on and so forth. Yes. So, and then the third episode will be Achtung, baby. Achtung, baby. <laughs> Achtung, baby. Achtung. <laughs> Baby! <laughs> we could do that for a while. <laughs> I, would, I would really like to. But it'll be Achtung, baby. Uh, Zuropa. See, it'll be Achtung! <laughs> baby! 
Achtung! <laughs> Seriously um, though, it'll be Achtung! <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I yeah. uh, let's move on. Okay, it'll be Octon. Baby. By the no, way, but, we're, but yes. in all seriousness, it'll that that episode will start with Octon. Baby. I do want to say we're taping this really late it's at night. Late. We've both worked a, a yes. long day so far, so yes. uh, and it's hot in this room. It's strangely. very hot. It's it's winter when yeah. we're taping this, and it's, it's like hot. almost Christmas, and it's ten p.m. and mm-hmm. it's seventy three degrees. It's cra- It's you got to move here if you don't uh, live here. So LA there'll be Octon baby. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> then Zuropa and Pop. Yes, and and passengers will probably. Oh be yeah, passengers in there will as be well. in there. And then after that will be all that you can't leave behind. Yeah. Uh, atomic bomb. Atomic bomb. How to dismantle one, as yes. a matter of fact. And uh, no line on the horizon. Yes. And uh, then we'll follow that up after having listened to the new record, yeah. which we cannot name. It's a lot like the Voldemort of albums currently. Yes. Uh <laughs> I am now reading the Harry Potter book, so I finally know what people are talking about. Oh, good. Yeah, well, like when I mentioned Harry Potter, you now know what that is. Yes, (laughs) Just like someone who had not heard of you two, and now they're listening. We're also hoping by the end of this podcast, you will have heard of Harry Potter, if you have not heard of Harry Potter. Oh, by the way, we should have mentioned this at the top. This is going to also be a comprehensive Harry Potter (laughs) Yes, we'll weave it in as much as we can. That's right. The boy who cannot be named. So is the final episode... Wait, no, the the boy who lived. What am I thinking? Voldemort can't be named. Is the boy who lived the name of... What's that? That's Harry Potter's nickname. That's like calling Iron Man Shellhead. (laughs) Um, is the final episode the final episode will be entirely on the new record yes right okay yes and we may have some special guests none today for this episode but we may have some special guests along the way who have said they were interested in joining so that may be fun as well because they either dislike you two Or Or also love them. Yes. So we'll see how this one goes. This is not like Analyze Fish, a podcast. You're part of the Analyze Fish family. Yep. Uh, This is not like that necessarily where we're talking about, you know, one guy likes him, another guy dislikes him. We both like them. Which is why it's going to be so boring. Yeah. (laughs) And probably is so far. But to to get us out of, to snap us out of those uh, boring doldrums, I do want to just pepper in. Sure. Um, much like the Red Hot Chili Peppers would, Absolutely. I would imagine. Uh, and the, some, which is another podcast we're going to be yeah, starting. We soon. will. Well, the Pepperman podcast, that's Zach Galifianakis and John Daly. They've that's been right. threatening that for a that's long right. time. Uh, I, I want to pepper in some trivia about you too, okay. so that people listening to this will know everything about you too, because we're going to say every fact about you too. Great. Along with, but uh, the members of you too, and you may not know because you don't know a lot about their early period. Mm-hmm. Uh, are Bono, The Edge, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen Jr. Yeah, I I definitely knew that. I mean, I... Well, you don't know about their early period, so I thought maybe you didn't know that they joined right. the band. But, okay, how, how, how do I put this? I became a fan around the Joshua Tree area, mm-hmm. 
and became a big fan around and, the and, Joshua Tree area. Really? Yeah, so uh, you, yeah. So you were living out in Joshua Tree. I was, and I heard the album as I was entering the Joshua Tree area. <laughs> but at that period, as as it is now, it's the same four guys. And I'm I'm a big fan. Like I emailed mm-hmm. you and asked you to. Like, can we do a podcast about them too? So I know who the members are. You know are. who the members are. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I just, I didn't know whether you knew that they had joined the band because you said that you didn't know anything really a lot about the early era well, or era. I assumed they had all joined the band because the band consists of them. Okay. Well, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. So and I'll even prove it right now because I know the band members by heart. Okay. Bono. Who do you got? Bono. Great. The Ige. Uh, Larry Clayton Jr. Right. And Adam Mullen. Mm-hmm. And Naomi Campbell was their keyboardist. Yeah, for a little while. Now, uh, also another piece of trivia for all of you U2 heads. Tours. Out there. the two, All you twofers. <laughs> the two for Tuesdayers. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they uh, uh, several names they were called before you too? Oh, let's hear them. Uh, most famously, the Facebook. Hmm. That seems ahead of its time. It really does. But they settled on you too because the Facebook wasn't referencing anything yet, and you too was a reference right. to like a uh, type of. Uh, plane or something no one would have known what they're talking about yeah exactly but now every time you hear u2 you think of the plane yes the u2 bomber is it and then when you listen to the podcast you're like oh yeah and the band as well yes exactly okay so let's uh let's talk about u2 here we have their uh let's get into it what do you say okay yeah let's do it you ready to go sure all right, so they started. So I'm my whole thing is mm-hmm. I don't it's not that I don't know much about the early period. It's just this period of the first I love War. So I would just say Boy and October are the two albums of theirs that I give a shit about the least out of everything they've done. Yes. Okay. Do, do we want to talk about how we got into you two first sure, of all yeah. just to uh, just to to get some background. Now Adam, I I uh I know very little about you. Um, you're an actor. You put on a lot of costumes and a lot of faces. Mm-hmm. Makeup. And you hide behind that. Masks. Yes. Yep. So I don't know a lot about your background. Where did you, well, grow up? <laughs> well, Scott, um, I grew this up- This is Adam Scott talking about Oh, yeah. Scott. This is Scott. Um, I grew up in a sleepy little Northern California town of Santa Cruz. Mm. Uh, Did you live on the roller coaster? I lived at the top of the Giant Dipper for the first nine years of my life. And then... At the bottom for the rest of it? Well, and then Lost Boys came and filmed there. So for the second nine years of my life, I lived in Jason Patrick's butthole. (laughs) It's, um, it's a, a tight squeeze in there. It's a tight squeeze, you but know? he's an incredible actor. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. That's what this is all Hopefully, about. Hopefully, by the way, Bono is listening to this and very proud of his <laughs> legacy. <laughs> um, boy, oh boy. No, I became 
a U2 fan uh, in the, the Joshua Tree uh, Joshua Tree area. <laughs> no, I, it was Joshua Tree in 1987. How old of a person were you or do you not tell in your age? In 1987, I was, oh, I was only three years old. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I was in junior high school. Let's see, 1987, I would have been 14 years okay. old. You're and, three uh, years my junior, I believe. Three years your junior. And... Uh, which kind of explains me coming coming to them late. I think that if yes, I, because it's not it's not like you listen to the Joshua Tree and you think, boy, a nine year old would love this. There is right. kind of a a weird sophistication to it. Was it one of the first bands that you can recall you liking that was sort of more grown up? Yeah, I think so. I think before that it was. Um, the Go-Go's and Huey Lewis and the News. Huey and Lewis and the News was really big for me, by the way. Were they? Uh, me too. Really big. When I was 13, my uh-huh. favorite band, I loved sports. Me too. And you know what? I just recently got sports again. It's really good. It's so good. I remember I threw away my T-shirts when I started to get into alternative music. Yeah. I, th- I was like, oh, Huey Lewis sucks. Yeah. I threw away. But at the, secretly, at the time, though, still even to like 1985, I, I loved Back to the Future and I yes. loved that he was in it. I still was a secret fan. Yep. And now I'm just still a fan. The, like, yeah. Sports is, I mean, it's a, I think they're only. start a show about that. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> just sports. I, not even the, the Huey Lewis record. No, no, no. We can't mention Huey Lewis on that podcast. Um, that album is nine songs or ten songs, and I think eight of them are huge are hits, massive hits. Yeah, yeah. And the other one sucks. There is one song on there that. What's the one song that's not a hit? Well, "Walking on a Thin Line" actually is a great song. It was kind of a hit. That's, was it? Yeah. Oh, you crack me up. Oh boy, was not a hit. But I actually really think that's is that a, a pretty g- great is that song. An okay, yeah. one. Um, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Anyway, uh. Um. Anyway, yeah, Joshua Tree. And so it just sort of blew my mind because I had never heard music like that before. And that, that album still is mm-hmm. pretty terrific. So you were 14. I myself got into U2 when I was 13. So I remember it being one of the uh, first kind of grown-up records. So was it War for you? Well. It was War, yeah. yeah. I, um, I grew up... Uh, in the uh, church, my mother, I don't know if you know, this was a church secretary. Uh, was in, she really? Yes, in Orange County. And my father was a deacon. So uh, I went to church probably three times a week. So, wow. Yeah. So I don't have you crack me up on this iPod, by the way. I have I'm it so on sorry. my phone. You do? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, find it while I tell this story. Uh, so I. I went to I went to church three times a week. Um, wow, midweek, that's intense. Yeah, midweek was Wednesday, and that was where the uh, the youth group was. And the first time I ever heard of you two, I used to. Uh, uh, I remember when I was about thirteen, um, the the church had a big seminar where this guy, I think his name was Bob Beeman. Oh boy, here we go. You cracked me up. Turn it up. This is what you want to hear when you're listening to a YouTube podcast. That's right. Oh my God, I can't believe I. Underneath that ghostly tail is that you. I love that bass sound. 
<laughs> Adam just air guitared that riff right there. I love it. Um, I find it really interesting that, you know, I didn't know a lot about the Ghostbusters suit. Oh, yeah. The Huey Lewis Ghostbusters yeah. suit. And uh, I always was like, yeah, they're sort of similar. Yeah. But it, but what it is is that they copied the whole production style as is well. Is that what it is? Yeah, like Huey Lewis basically and the news um, – they created this kind of like way that records sounded uh-huh. that was unique to that band. And uh-huh. then he said within a year, every record copied right. that production style. So everything on the radio sounded like him. Uh, and Ghostbusters was one of those where they just uh, copied that production style. But also copied the Co- song. Copied the actual melody as well, yeah. And the other part of it was they asked him to write the theme to Ghostbusters. Really? He turned them down because he was feeling too overexposed, I believe. Yeah. And then they got Ray Parker Jr., this nobody, the son of Ray Parker. <laughs> he's the junior of Ray Parker. I mean, he's not a nobody. <laughs> to copy his song, and he, he did not like that. Um, and then a couple years later wrote Power of Love for Back to the Future. I mean, that, that it, song's great. That's that's an amazing song. I cannot attest to the fact that he wrote it a couple no. years later. He could have written it the very same day. It, he could have written it for the sports <laughs> sessions. Sure. And it was just a leftover. He could have been like humming it uh, yep. as he was humming. You're like, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. Oh, I got this other song. The power of love. Ah, fuck that. Throw that one away. Heart <laughs> of rock and roll. Yep. But... Uh, uh, so, yes, I grew up in the church, and uh, there was this seminar that um, this character named Bob Beeman, I believe, came and taught at the church that was all about uh, terrible rock music that parents should stay away from. Yeah. And he showed slides of all the album covers, including Dead Kennedy's Too Drunk to Fuck, uh-huh. uh, Sticks, Essentially uh, telling all the kids, these are yes. the albums you want. They were great, and I have like sought out those records ever since because uh-huh. they were forbidden. Yeah, of course. So uh, rock music was not really something that was, was uh, looked upon very favorably in this church, but um, when I was 13... Uh, uh, John, the kind of younger guy who uh, was in charge of the youth group at the church, <clears throat> started telling us all about this band, U2, uh-huh. and they were a Christian band, supposedly, right? but they were like the best band in the world, right? and he played us Sunday Bloody Sunday, yeah. uh, I Will Follow, and he even started his own band called The Innocents. Uh, E T S, so they were the innocents, not not uh, S E. If you, oh, if you okay, know yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we would go see them, and they would do U two covers. So it was almost kind of like seeing U two in a small club. And they would exclusively play U two covers. They played some of their own songs, but they weren't very good. Yeah. But when they would play these amazing U two songs, which are not that hard to play, yeah, they would play Daka Daka, yeah. Da. And you could feel the power of the song, even though it's just some shitty cover band. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call them shitty. They were nice guys. You just called them (laughs) shitty. Oh, that's right. Because we sound the same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I got to stop saying these things. But uh, yeah, it was. It, it really made me go, "Oh man, this is a good band," because you could hear the power of those songs when yeah. you're when you. And I used to go see them play, and my they were one of those bands that I could go see play because they were from my church, and I yeah. was like 
14 hanging out in a really skeezy bar. Yeah. Um, and my parents were fine with it because right. it was like these guys. Anyway, so I, re- I have a lot of memories about you two this early period kind of tied up in the church. I remember there was a, a white elephant Christmas gift party yeah. that uh, you were not allowed to give away records, but somehow you two slipped in there. So yeah. Under a Blood Red Sky was something that was the most coveted uh, gift right. that everyone was trading back and forth. Right. And I did not get it. So I had al- always wanted that record sure. growing up. And when I finally got it, it was like, you know. Under a Blood Red Sky was a really <laughs> cool one to have because it yeah. was like, an EP. It wasn't a full album. No, it was slightly longer than an EP, though. Yeah, but you not know? not as yeah, it wasn't long full as an length. album. Yeah, full, uh, albums were forty minutes. That's sort of what yeah. thirty five really. Yeah, if now they're like seventy five, yeah. yeah. and they're all too long now. Right, but at the time, forty minutes was about what a rec- what an album was, and I believe the EP, the Under a Blood Red Sky, is about half an hour or so. Right, so it was on the short side, but it it was this amazing document. And they used to play. All of the videos on MTV all the time. Yeah. And so it was, you know, they're not only their hits, but a couple of really great solid B sides. Yeah. And, um, you know, done live with a screaming crowd. And- yeah. And I remember seeing Under a Blood Red Sky in people's record collection and just, it was just a cool title to have in here because it and meant the record you were looks into cool. them. It looks cool. Um, remember, I went, when I was a kid, I went to, uh, the Us Festival in 1983. You went to the Us Festival? Yeah. How did you get there? Well, my- Which, by the way, these are all, uh, the, it's out on DVD yeah, now? Yeah, I got it. Oh, and you got it. It was really amazing to- Did you see yourself? Get, yeah, I did. <laughs> to get the, uh, in the in the crowd of, you know, 600,000 people, I was able to find my 10-year-old self. <laughs> um, but it was weird seeing it, and I hadn't, I have such vivid memories of the Us Festival, and then the Us Festival, by the way, it on DVD was really weird. It was a festival held out, where was it? In, in San Bernardino. San Bernardino, and it, and it had, uh, I think they did it three years in a row, perhaps? They did or, it two years, two years in years, a okay. row. This was the second year. And it had just amazing bands there, yeah. the English Beat. Men at Work. Stray Cats. Who, I know there are the a time, lot of people laughing at us right now because we said amazing bands. <laughs> and it's an English Beat, Men at Work, Stray Cats. <laughs> but at the time, <laughs> at the time, I remember English Beat, there was like a, 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 a buzz about them. Like people were just discovering them. But Men at Work were like U2 is now. They mm-hmm. were They were massive. Huge. My, uh, uh, when I was in the seventh grade, when I was 12, I Sorry, when I was 13, actually, uh, eighth grade, I was in a woodworking class for a shop class. Yeah. And um, we had to, we, we had these plaques that we were supposed to use. Maybe it's called a router, but you can, like, make letters. It, it spins really fast. Yeah. And it's kind of like a pencil. It almost looks like a pencil. And you could carve letters into oh, wood. Oh, sure, right? yeah. Uh, and so I remember the guy who was really cool – wrote men at work on his <laughs> well, and obviously he was really cool <laughs> and we were like man that works as both a sign saying he likes the band yep. and also as a sign like yeah. men at work we were like oh as man practical application but you couldn't copy him so right. i sat there racking my brains trying to think of what could i put on mine and i wrote uh i love my and then the Atari symbol, yeah, because I'd gotten an Atari fifty two hundred, yeah. and it was really cool. And of course, everyone would make fun of me and say, "You love playing with your joystick." <laughs> 
Oh, that backfired on you. Yeah, it really uh, did. Seems like everything. I, but I like to think that the men at work thing backfired on him as well. And just we didn't know it. We thought he was cool. Yeah, I think that there's a reason he was the cool guy in the woodworking class. Because <laughs> he liked men at work a little too much. <laughs> but men at work were massive. They massive. were there. Anyway, who else English was there? English Speed was the vampire weekend of, of their day, they in my were. opinion. They were. <laughs> they were. I think they're very similar bands. Their English Beat was so great. Fantastic. Um, the Clash was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Van Halen, David Bowie. I used to hear about the Us Festival and be fascinated with the fact that uh, it would have bands like the Clash and Van Halen together. Yeah. Where when I was growing up with uh, my brother was into heavy metal and I was into alternative and yeah. you would never mix those. Right. According to him more. But um, <clears throat> so when I would hear about these these festivals that would have those kind of mixes, it sounds great to me now because, I mean, how much would you love nowadays going to a festival that had – Vampire Weekend and Mastodon playing. Yeah. I think it would be amazing. Well, this was, I think they had like the first day with Stray Cats and Men at Work. It was like New Wave Day mm, with, with like, okay. you know, English Beat and stuff. The second day was Metal Day. And you were there both days? We were there for three days. What? And you two played on the third day. What day What day was that? Was that like Rock Day? Or? It was, I think, like... Boy, I have the T-shirt at home still. Maybe hmm. they played on the first day. I- anyway, they were way down the bill because they weren't very big, and I don't remember them. But people I know don't we know. Were but around. before the Joshua Tree, they were not big. Right? They were well, big, sort of, with people like us. Yeah, us in California, like too. the uh, the unforgettable fire. They would play like the Greek theater. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. weren't. He- they were pretty big. Like they were, you know, pretty big, but not huge. I also feel like growing up in L.A., like I did, um, there were articles about you two in the L.A. Times by Robert Hilburn, right? Every week it seemed like yeah. so, and they and it would. Robert Hilburn was the uh, pop music writer for he the L.A. Great. Times. He was really good, and he would describe like everything about a band's performance and talk about all of the amazing things that happen in, quote, lyrics. Now, he had his certain things that he loved. So you would read about U2 and Bruce Springsteen constantly. Right. And I was not a Springsteen fan at the time. I was like, shut up about Springsteen. Now I would love to go back and read those articles. But he would just talk about the experience of seeing a band and it felt like you were seeing them and he would talk about you two endlessly and so they yeah. seemed like a huge band to people uh, in my neck of the woods right yeah yeah i really i missed robert hilburn after he left the la times actually mm-hmm. he was he was pretty great pretty reliable to write you know um i think he shaped reviews he shaped a lot of people's uh, music tastes yeah. growing up in, in California. Yeah, like um, Kurt Loder did for me, like his his writing more than his MTV anchoring, which I, you know, liked and stuff, but he was a great rock critic. I've always felt that your acting is sort of based on Kurt Loder's Reporting. interviewing. Yeah, absolutely. When he <laughs> when he interviewed REM in 1991, I, I actually, my performance in... Um, Party Down is based on that <laughs> really? interview style. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so, but wait, there's one more writer that really has, that I still love to read. Um, Dr. Uh, Seuss. Yes. Yes. He's. <laughs> I love his reviews. 
Um, I'll I'll think of it and okay, yeah, just and blurt, blurt it, it out. out. Just say your name I'll, though. Before. I'll say it's Scott, and I will blurt <laughs> okay, it. Okay, great. Oh, hey, we should take a break. Yeah, uh, for a minute. Yes. When we come back, more you talking, you two to me. <laughs> you talking, you two to me. <laughs> to me, of all people, to me. Wait, hold on. Stop the presses. <laughs> Alert you, the media and or stop the presses. You Now, when you say both of those, it's kind of <laughs> contradictory, isn't well, I it? I know. I mean, alert the media that you're going to be stopping the presses. How about stop the presses, alert the new media? <laughs> you talking you two to me? <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right, let's take a break, everyone, to thank Squarespace. What is Squarespace I hear you saying? Well, look, you should know it by now. It is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. And we got to thank them for sponsoring today's episode. Squarespace is constantly improving with new features, beautiful designs, and all the style options you need to create a website tailored to your needs and tastes. Plus, every Squarespace plan is now, get this, fully able to support commerce functionality. That means that every single Squarespace, Squarespace, Squarespace customer, that's how you say it, right? No. It means every single Squarespace customer can now begin selling products online. And, you know, there's no better way to get money in your pocket than to sell something. That's what my father always said to me. So start your free trial with no credit card required at squarespace.com. If you decide to sign up, all right, make sure to use the offer code BONO to get 10% off and to let them know that you heard about it on You Talking You 2 to Me. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Hey, everyone, we want to thank Audible. Why? Well, just for being awesome, but hey, how about for sponsoring today's show? Audible has over 150,000 audiobooks and stand-up sets to choose from, so you will never run out of things to listen to. Here's a deal. You get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. All right, not just one, not just the other. You get them both. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash to get it. When I say U2, of course, we're talking about U2, the greatest band in the world. Here's a recommended audiobook. How about a reading of Octung Baby as an extended riff on the fall of man? Check out U2's Octung Baby, Meditations on Love in the Shadow of the Fall by Stephen Catanzarite. That's a free audiobook, a 30-day free trial by visiting audiblepodcast.com slash U2. Thanks, Audible, for helping us out. You, to, you talking you two to me. <laughs> We're back here, Adam Scott and I, Scott Ackerman. It's Scott and Scott. The That's Scots. all we need to say. The Scots. The Scots. It's like when my family's going to go to someone's house for dinner. Are the Scots coming over? They could say the same for you and I when we go to someone's house for dinner. Yeah, we should go to people's houses let's, for dinner together. Let's start doing that. <laughs> Why not? Now, what were you doing at the US Festival? This is 1983. You must have been 10. You were 10? Yeah. What are you doing there? Um, drugs. Awesome. My No, my stepmom was 
a family therapist, and so she had a family therapy sem- seminar. Like Steve Wozniak had a bunch of tents with different things going on. In he them. started the US Festival. Yeah, by he's the, way. the one. The, yeah, the Steve Woz. Wozniak's. And I and I met him when I was ten, and and talked to him. Um, at the US Festival. <laughs> and there was just a big crowd of like press and people just following him around. And I just got down on the ground and crawled under a bunch of people's legs and popped right up in front of him and stopped him and asked him a question. <laughs> Why? Why are you so fascinated with Steve Wozniak? Because at 10? my dad and my brother were big like computer nerds. And so oh, in okay. our family, he was this big hero. Mm. And I didn't totally understand what he was all about. And you were trying to, to have, impress. Yeah. Daddy, that's and right. that's what it's all about. And isn't that's it? why I asked Steve Wozniak if I could suck his dick. <laughs> you got down low, yep, and popped right up. Um, uh, no, because in the Bay Area, Steve Wozniak used to have a uh, a uh, dial a joke where every day you could dial what? dial a phone number, and he would have a different joke. Really? And so I wanted to talk to him about that because I used to love calling dial a joke. Anyway, um. Did what so, did he say to you? I'm sure inquiring. I asked him about dial a joke, and he just said, "Oh, I just do it for fun," and then just kind of kept, you know, kept kept walking. walking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty cool. He, I think he he was pretty into me as a kid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. And uh, uh, so, so so anyway, so your mother so was there. My my yeah, my stepmother, stepmother was her. doing a family family therapy seminar in this tent and so we got like backstage passes and stuff at the us festival wow. so you were family. backstage watching the band i was backstage watching little steven and the disciples of soul that's the <laughs> only band we got to go backstage for oh boy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> now here's my question about little steven and the disciples of soul do you remember them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Did he have to share the microphone like he does with Bruce Springsteen, or did, or was he like, you know what, I have to do all that with Bruce, I'm going to get my own mic? I feel like for little Steven, if he's not sharing a mic with someone, he probably still behaves as if he is <laughs> by playing backwards to the microphone. I like to think that Bruce Springsteen has really bad breath and and yeah. is forcing everyone to share the microphone <laughs> with him and it's the their least favorite part of the night. I mean, they truly are one of the most successful bands on the planet. You would think they could afford a few more microphones. I know. On Come stage. on, Bruce. Jeez, well that's, you know, that's why they're so popular. Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. You know what I mean? Hey, whose name is up there on the marquee, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, before we get back to the US Festival, um, a little bit more of trivia. We don't need to get back to the US Festival, <laughs> by the way. Uh, the Edge, guitarist for U2. Yeah, sure. His real name, Frank Blofort. Huh. I thought it was Dave Evans. No. Frank Blofort. Frank Blofort. Wow. Interesting, which is why, you know, The Edge sounds a lot cooler than the Frank Blofort. Yeah, I wonder what if 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 he never changed his name from Frank Blofort mm-hmm. to the Edge, how different would U 2s music be? I know, like, could you really listen to this band with Bono and Frank Blofort? Right, you know what I mean? Or if Paul, uh, if uh, Bono never changed his name either from Paul, uh, Paul. God, we'll we'll figure this out. Gorfinjensen. Gorf, Gorf, yes. So Paul Gorfinjensen 
and Frank Blofort start a band together, what if they'd kept those uh, names? I, 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 I don't think it would have worked. Yeah. What is it? Bono. What is that? You know what I mean? Bono. Bono Vox. Bono Vox. That was how he was origi- originally billed. On right? the boy liner notes, that how it, it's Bono Vox. That's a lot like uh, the Pixies. Uh, Kim Deal, wasn't she billed as Mrs. John something on the first record? Yeah, they each had a weird name. Yeah, yeah. And a weird photo to go, go along right. with it. Yeah, but, you know, people in rock bands are weirdos. Yeah. You well, you I mean? hope they're weirdos. That would, that's, what yeah. was, that's what was great about music back then. We're starting. We're now just old people talking about <laughs> yeah, I know music, <laughs> but there was like mystery. People to have it. already sat through Huey Lewis and the News <laughs> and the Stray Cats and us talking about how awesome they were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there was something cool about the mystery. That that's why, like, seeing under a blood red sky in someone's house, it was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you and didn't. That's you cool. couldn't just look it up. You didn't. Right. Uh, yeah, you couldn't download it immediately. And I remember when Octoon Baby came out. What? Maybe, maybe. Oh, when Actung, uh, when that album came out, sure, they didn't release it early for critics, mm-hmm. so there would be reviews out when it came out. They didn't. No one had heard it until it until it the physically stores. came out, right. and then you brought it home, having no idea other than the fly, which had already come out. Mm-hmm. What this was, we'll talk about the fly in a few episodes. Oh, yeah. By the way, and. And I'm going to talk about all of this all over again. Yeah. But I just thought that was such a cool move to just put this thing out there. And so th- that's there like Beyonce. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. But just so there's no, like, the critics haven't defined it for you yet. Yeah. And since it was such new music, it was just a cool move. I, I was thinking about this today. Don't you think most music criticism these days is addressing complaints about, like, it's, it's addressing, uh, comments that will internet comments before they can be made does that make sense like half of anything you read reviewed now is yes people are gonna think that it's a blah 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 but what it really is is yeah that drives me crazy just tell me what you think of it i feel the same about film criticism now too Mm, films yeah films criticisms i I love film by the way (laughs) Have we talked? We should start I, I didn't a separate know that about podcast. You. I love my favorite films of all time. Yeah, Citizen Kane. Sure, The Godfather. Of course, Lawrence of Arabia. Like those are the Scott, types of films that I like. Scott, those are great films. Thank you. Um, I would even I even go so far as to add The Conversation to mm. uh, to that list. Mm-hmm. Francis mm-hmm. Ford Coppola. No, I don't. I don't know that one. I've only seen three movies. Yeah, I've never seen the conversation either, but I just feel like it should be on that list. It you should know be what a I part mean? of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because that's the name of the movie I was referencing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Fun, fun stuff. We so, should start another podcast concurrently, mm-hmm. which is inside the YouTube podcast. We should have another podcast okay. running okay. inside of it called I Love Films. Okay, so let's hear the I Love Films theme song. Okay, great. So now uh, let's talk about films that we love. Oh, man. Um, Scott, I have a question for you. Yes, Scott? This is Scott talking. Scott, I have a question for you. Yes, Scott. This is Scott. Have you ever seen Splendor in the Grass? Ah, oh, beautiful film. Great film. 
And that was that was our first episode. Our first episode of I Love Films. We also should be doing. We should be doing a Huey Lewis podcast, but we should be doing it when the other person is talking. We should be recording that one. Yep. So uh, listen for that. Right now, this is Scott. I'm talking, and Scott over there is currently talking about Huey Lewis. In 1985, Huey Lewis. No, no, not into that mic. Sorry, do it into the other other mic. And the the minute that I stop talking. In 1985. (laughs) Try to keep it down because I'm still trying to talk about you two over here. The minute that I stop talking, uh, Scott will come over to this mic, and he'll start talking about you two, and I'll start talking about Huey Lewis. Um, what I was thinking about when, when, when I first thought of maybe getting in touch with, uh, with Scott to do this, uh, this podcast was just how you two has kind of been around my whole adult life. That's all I know about Huey. Hey man. Hey man. Hey, that's all I know about Huey Lewis. I kind of crapped out. I kind of crapped out. (laughs) That was really hard. (laughs) It was hard to do, but worth it. Yeah. Let's get back to you two, and, yeah. and most importantly, let's get back to the Us Festival. Uh, <laughs> was what, did that set a love of music and love of going to bands and and watch them perform? Um, how did that shape your experience? Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember. I remember because we camped out in a. I think we had tents. My 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 family. It sounds intense. <laughs> It was very intense. Um, But I remember Van Halen went on after The Clash and just talked shit about The Clash. What? Yeah, David Lee Roth came on stage and was like, you know who sucks? The Clash. Oh, come on. Yeah, because I guess it was the heavy metal day, so The Clash being on that bill was a little weird. Oh, yeah. And we we were already like asleep in our tents, (laughs) which was totally intense. (laughs) Um, by the time this was all happening, because I was like ten years old, so I, my parents weren't going to have me at you're in heavy metal, the heavy metal show. They were going to keep me intense, right? Um, you know who sucks? The Clash, yeah. boozy boozy bop, yeah, booty boozy bop. That's too bad. You want all the people in your bands to get along, but at the same time, you don't. I don't know. But they were talking about a different band. They weren't talking about their own band. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy experience because that was a huge, huge. I mean, that was like six times as big as Coachella. It was mm-hmm. huge. I think. I mean, looking at the video like I did recently, I was like, "Wow, that was enormous." I mean, it was like a yeah. million people or something. Crazy. I heard about it. I saw the T-shirts for it. I grew yeah. up fascinated with it. I always wanted to be there. And you say you saw you two there, or no? Well, I maybe I just maybe don't really remember. Right? Yeah, I didn't know. They, but it was like the Divinals and NXS and all these kind of mm-hmm. John Cougar. Was he Mellencamp? No, at the he time? was not no, Mellencamp yeah. yet. I remember those days. He was great then. Um, <laughs> so you two, yeah. So anyway, uh, boy, yes. So tell me, when did you? So you you discovered them with War. So boy was when did you dig boy up? I. Because of that band that I used to go see at my church, yeah. they would play I Will Follow. Yeah. So I kind of mixed all of their first three records together in mm-hmm. my mind. Uh, Boy, War, and October were kind of the same thing for me. I knew I knew they were different, and I knew what song was on which. Right. 
but um, they kind of all three of those kind of were the same thing to me. Right. Um, October, you know, was the one that no one really listened to all that much. Although the song Gloria was was yeah. on that. Um, I just listened to it today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, how long has it been since you've listened to it? I listened to it a couple days ago. Yeah? What'd I got those, because they just put out those remastered ones of yeah. Boy and October. And Boy is pretty terrific. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's always fun to listen to a band, a big band like that in their infancy mm-hmm. and just kind of what they... I love the big band style. Yeah. <laughs> I love listening to Duke Ellington in his infancy. <laughs> I love musical combinations of any sort. But like Out of Control is such a great song. And that one was not on the record. That's their first single. It's oh, not. no, I'm sorry. The, the single version is not on the record. Oh, yeah. Can you play the single version? Oh, sure. Yeah. Let me sl- switch over to it. But uh, uh, that was one that, you know, uh, was was popular, but I never really heard until probably about five years or so when they put out these. Uh... Yeah. Oh, no, no, this is not it. Sorry. But the, the the incredible thing is, and this is why I brought up the Us Festival instead. I talked about it for 20 minutes and I didn't say this. I was watching the DVD of it and I was watching U2 on that DVD. Mm-hmm. And so it's 1983. So it's before war came out. But they played Sunday Bloody Sunday, so that means no one in the crowd knew what what it was. was. But they played that song like they were their lives dependent on it, and he was just going all out. I mean, and it was such a polished, perfect performance. And so even from way back, and, and then you listen to Boy, it's the same thing. It's like these guys had their sights set on like world domination from... They were magnetic performers. Yes. Um, that's one thing that I was reading about them is they were they were mainly known as a live act, um, yeah. And their records did not sell very well. But Until they were such um, unforgettable. Fire. Joshua Tree, Joshua but Tree. unforgettable fire was at least like gold. Pride or something was like. yeah, Pride was a big hit, but their records you know steadily grew. But yeah. they were mainly known as live yeah. act. You know, what I was thinking about too is is uh, I was looking at Bono's age, and this depressed me. He's only ten years older than I am. Wow. That's like he's a compl- when they did So he's only 13 years older than me? Yeah. Jesus. It's crazy. He was born in 1960. And when they put out Boy, he was 20 years old. Wow. And here here's here's something I was thinking about music recently is you know how awful it is to watch a musician who is like overweight, how depressing it is, yeah. you know, of like, oh man, that person got fat or whatever. Yeah. We want our movie stars and we want our pop stars to be thin. Yeah. And good looking. Yeah. And the only time that they consistently are is when they're really young. Yeah. And that is the time in a person's life where they don't have a lot of wisdom quite yet. Yeah. And so most of the songs written by these young people, these 20-year-olds, are written by dumb shits. Right. So it is very rare when someone like uh, U2 or a Nirvana comes out and they have lyrics that are actually interesting when right. they're that young. Right. 
So do you think that the lyrics on Boy are interesting? I Well, I do. I, I mean, I was reading a little bit about the lyrics of um, Say Sunday, Bloody Sunday, you yeah. know, which uh, is a political song about uh, the situation in Ireland. And I was imagining myself, if anything that I wrote when I was 20 or 22 were to still be popular and I would still have to recite it. Yes. You know, can you like, imagine? Can you imagine? I wrote I plays and stuff like that when I was 22. Yeah. And they were fine. Yeah. And hey, you know what? I wrote on Mr. Show yep. in my 20s, nominated for an Emmy. Right. But and it's and it's still great and it's you okay. Would, we Yeah, but it's Mr. Show, so you would happily sit down yeah. and watch and talk about Mr. Show. Yes, definitely. But something a lesser it yeah. would be embarrassing to have to recite. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, one of my plays I wrote when I was 20 years old, I cannot imagine still right. talking about it to this day. Right. These guys get out there and have to sing those songs every show they do and and the other part of it, the flip side of it is, is people think that they're smart songs still as right. well. People talk about Sunday Bloody Sunday and go, oh, yeah, that's a really interesting song and an interesting yeah. discussion of this topic. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that that someone can can do that at that young of an yeah. age? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, and you look at – that's the thing is that Boy is such a burst of energy. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely that debut album thing where you can tell these guys have been waiting – Five years to let all of this out. And mm-hmm. They put it all out on that album, and I think like it's a little spotty, and their songwriting is a little rudimentary in in parts. But then like I will follow and out of control are like wow, these are great Amazing. songs, and these guys are so tight and great. But then you know it kind of it's some of it's a little dated, some of it's not, some of it's a, little... a lot of slap bass on those first oh, three yeah, records. For sure. You gotta say yeah. I think Eno and Lanois must have <laughs> like, come in and... All right, look. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, Adam. <laughs> Cut the shit. Yeah. They, uh, but that w- was also of its time a little bit, of that kind of new wavy, yeah. punky sort of Let's talk thing. about their influences because, um, you know, you two essentially in these early records are a post-punk band. They yeah. were listening to a lot of Susie and the Banshees. Buzzcocks, probably. Yeah. But um, their uh, – I forget which record it was. It might have been Boy. Was suppo- The whole record was supposed to be produced by Martin Hannett, who produced Joy Division. Wow, really? And they wanted to sound like Joy Division. Wow. And he was going to produce them, but then Ian Curtis, lead singer of Joy Division, committed suicide, and he was too distraught to work at the time. Wow. And so I believe Steve Lillywhite yeah. uh, went ahead and did it. And um, but that's interesting that they were trying to sound like other people. Yeah. Um, in the same way that anyone kind of imitates people when they sure. first start doing things. But if you listen to those early records, it's not all Sunday Bloody Sunday or you know I Will Follow. It's a lot of that kind of like early eighties yeah. post punk. Bow, 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 yeah. just kind of gloomy stuff yeah a lot of it is it sounds a little of its time now mm-hmm. um which is you know other than like pop um and maybe stretches of uh a little bit of octune i i feel like octune baby is more of a more kind of defined music for the era and pop was kind of a reaction to it and yes. therefore pop sounds and we'll a little dated. get to all of this sure. in a few episodes sure. don't you worry <laughs> but i feel like other than that little section there their stuff is really timeless but then also kind of boy 
is a little dated in parts. Mm-hmm. And then October is definitely like almost a cliched sophomore slump in where the they sense had that no record, no songs, no songs. I listened to it the uh, today. And first of all, okay, first of all, it starts with Gloria, which is a great song. Great song. For some reason, left off of their best ofs. Yeah. Like, like they're ashamed of it or something. Well, I, I think they just, I think they don't love October is right, what I've yeah. Or they don't want gleaned. anyone to buy it. Put one song from it yeah. on your best ofs, and then people go, oh, I like that song. Let yeah. me pick up the rest of the record. It is a great uh, song. Now, song number two, I Fall Down. I was listening to it today. This is a great song. Will you throw that on? Here I go. Oop, let me turn it up. Okay, here we go. Ready? Wow, it's an 11-song album, too, which is... Yeah, but a couple of instrumentals, a couple of shorties. Okay, so you got Mm -hmm. the the piano here. It's a much moodier album than Boy was. Here's my opinion of it. Is this Steve Lillywhite as well? I believe it is, yeah. I think he did the first three, perhaps. And then did Atomic Bomb. Did he do... Oh, wow. So my opinion of October, re-listening to it today, is that the first side of it is great, uh-huh. good rock songs. Uh-huh. The second side is just gloomy as hell. Here, turn, turn it back up. The second side of it is... Where did second side start, October? Uh, second side is one, two, three, four... Yeah, it's like October with a shout, Stranger in a Strange Land, Scarlet, and Is That All? And you think the second side starts with October, probably? Uh, I can look that up for you right now. I have that information. And this is good. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because we want everything you two talked about on this. Will you, will you put on what you think is the gloomiest song of side two? Yeah. Just so we can kind of hear. Okay. Because, again, I listened to this a few days ago, but I just I don't know this album that well because I remember getting it. Side two it. starts with tomorrow, actually. Okay. I remember getting it. When I was getting into U2 and just, I never got into it because I just. Let me put on October because that, you you think the titular song, and by the way, people yeah. say I say titular too much. Fuck you. <laughs> Someone said, will you stop saying titular? Really? I said, I would to rather you? die. I will never stop Which saying Which is it. the title of your autobiography. 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 Here's October. This is Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the title song from October. By the way, us being critical of October, I hope it doesn't stand in the way of us getting backstage passes too. Yeah, by the way, you know, it worked for for Analyze Fish. We got backstage. That's true. Just from that podcast, we were invited backstage to the fish show. And neither of us really cared about going backstage no. at the fish concert. So you two, if you're listening. Hit a brother up. Get us backstage. This is Adam Scott Ackerman. That's right. Listen to this. Why are you putting this on a record? It's fine, like, dicking around on a piano. But that's kind of a typical second record thing, mm-hmm. is that you're a little bit out of songs, mm-hmm. and you're tired because you've been touring for two years. I think if you're in a band, hold something back. Yeah. Don't put every... You know, I mean, look, you, you got the Cars who... Their first record, they they talk about how they could have called it greatest hits because yeah. so many and Huey Lewis Sports, yeah. you know, was, uh, but that wasn't his first I record. Think it was but their the third, right? yeah. But the Cars' first record is like they Huge. just boom, boom, yeah. boom, everything great. Second one's a bit of a letdown, you know. Yeah. Hold something back. Hey, I go back to, I, I 
talk about him too much, probably to all my friends, but R.E.M. Are are we here we go. Reckoning, second record. Mm-hmm. Not a bad song on it. Nope. Who's who do you like better, U two or R.E.M.? Um, <laughs> this is a tough one, Scott. Oh my god, I hate to open the floodgates here. And boy, here come the waterworks. By the way, you <laughs> you started to mist up. Yep. Wow. I am. Uh, it's a it's a it's a sore subject for me. Mm-hmm. I, I have to go with uh, with REM because, and this this is a this is a something that I will that I want to. I think it goes through every period of U 2s mm-hmm. history, where I think that they have made more than maybe more than any other band made. More albums that are considered classics, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. full albums that are considered classics, mm-hmm. where it's hard to discuss what your favorite U2 record is if you're a U2 fan. There's a lot of debate because so many of the records are good. But I I don't think they have a flawless album. Oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. Like, I think even their best albums have clunkers. Clunkers. Definitely. I was listening, and we'll we'll get to all that you can't leave behind in a few oh, episodes. Yeah. I was listening to it the other day. Too. Great songs on it, but man, talk about front loading a, an album. Yes, oh man, uh, New York, New York. Uh, I was gonna say New oh, York. Oh boy, we'll talk about. It. We'll yeah. talk a lot about it. So so wait, let's go back to October here. Yep. Um, what do you got? Wait, let me find it again on my. Mm-hmm. On my uh, smartphone device. Oh, you have a smartphone? Yeah. It has a screen, a touch screen. What? A touch screen. I, okay. Um, can we play mm-hmm. With a Shout Jerusalem? With a Shout Jerusalem. Stranger in a Strange Land is kind of a classic that they... What's the uh, song from October that they pulled out on their... Didn't they pull one out on their last tour? Um, or was it, uh, it was, is it I threw a brick through a window I don't, uh, I don't really know I didn't see the last tour you didn't the th- wait the three I saw the, the the 361 that was in Pasadena but I didn't see it when they came back around like the the, oh, yeah. the one in Pasadena was terrible from what I remember and they were really rusty and they were dealing with technical problems oh at the Rose Bowl the Rose Bowl yeah yeah, yeah. oh I thought it was great Oh really? I well, we were stoned. sitting behind the band. We were literally the 360 yeah. of the three. It That's was Doug terrible. Benson and I, and I was like, they should call this one U two one eighty. Yeah, one eighty. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it was okay. So I, I, I remember looking and being like, yeah, those people back there are not getting a show. This no. is not three sixty. Once per song, one guy would come by and like. <laughs> Adam would like play the bass at us for literally five seconds, <laughs> once per song, one person. And would your do tickets that. were like a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, we'll talk about all of that yeah. shit when we get to it. Here's with a shout from October. You two. Here we go. Oh, this is a good drum, uh, Phil. Larry Mullen Jr. is a good drummer. Their songs are very simple, though, aren't they? they well, you know, the, especially back in the in this time. There's a lot of um, talk about uh, Adam and what a terrible bass player he he was. Right. He was widely considered to be a terrible bass player. Right. By by the band peers and oh, himself. By the band. Okay, yeah, okay. and himself. F- from what I remember, reading about you two. 
back in the day. Is, yeah. Like, everyone would kind of make fun of his bass playing. Okay. And I think now what they say to be kind is that he is, like, a steady bass player or yeah. something. <laughs> they call him, don't they call him, like, the... the the, the kind monk of the band. Right, yeah. Which is not what you want to hear when you're talking about musicianship. <laughs> right. How how nice you are. But I, I what I was going to say about how simple their songs are is I, I, I like that. Like, I like With or Without You, the bass line. Oh, is, so good. Yeah, and it's, it's so simple. Sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Sitting on the dock. I remember I saw a comedian on Johnny Carson when I was like ten years old, who said, uh, "You know, sitting on the dock of the bay, it's basically a song about doing nothing. I could just as easily write a song about like." I'm sitting here watching TV. I'm going to get up and go over there. And I thought that was hilarious. hilarious. A song about nothing. I should yeah. write a show about nothing. Right. And that man was Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yep. Fantastic. Okay, can we hear Stranger in a Strange Land? Yes, sir. We can. Here we go. Stranger in a Strange Land from October. You too. Is this one of your favorites? This is good, and, and this is starting to sound like a live U2 show, don't you think? Uh, he A little bit, yeah. He, uh, the Edge's style is not really developed at this point. He's right. kind of imitating He's figuring it out. post-punk players, yeah. but a little bit of that sounded a little like yeah. the Edge there. Oh, here it is. See, this is now in going into territory I don't love. Right, yeah, yeah. Like the super echoey vocals and yeah, I mean they were like what twenty one years old. Yeah, they're figuring it out. But I, I love hearing like one of the great bands sort of come of age, figuring it out in front of our ears. Let's skip over to War. Okay, okay so War is really where they um, figured it out. I mean, this is. Uh, this album is a cohesive vision, don't you think? As they, they call it their most immediate record. Uh, there's no echo almost, although I hear, I don't know, I hear a little bit here. But yeah, it's their most in-your-face record. Yeah, it's in your face. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, this, this has some massive hits on it. You have... Uh, but at the time, how big were those hits? Were they hits like... Like how like... Vampire Weekend, Diane Young was it? Like it was a yeah. hit with like it wasn't like number one on it was, pop charts. No, it was something where if you were in alternative, into alternative music, you knew it. It was one of the biggest it was songs. Huge, but it's not blurred lines. Yeah, no, it's not like with or without you. Or I still haven't found what I'm looking for, right. which are major across the board hits, right. like Grammys and yeah, and just like gobs of pussy in your face. Oh my god! Like, can we talk about gobs of pussy in yeah. your face? Just gobs. How? What's the biggest gob of pussy I've ever, ever had in my face? Yeah. Oh, man. By the um, way, Bono, hit us up with the backstage <laughs> passes. We'd love to talk about pussy with you. Um, so wait. So I'm looking right here on my mobile smartphone device, uh -huh. and I'm looking at the track listing. For war? For war. And for some reason, I don't have Sunday Bloody Sunday, but That's I have number the rest one. of the album. I know. It's not <laughs> on here. But these are, I mean, 
Let's just go through it. Let's play. We we all know Sunday Bloody Sunday. Let's yeah. play seconds. Seconds is great. It's Here we great. go. Here we go. Seconds from you two. Turn it up a little bit. Remember, this is like a headphones in high school song. Just I remember. Like, I I I knew the singles from this record: New Year's Day, obviously, Sunday yeah. Bloody Sunday, and uh, also. Uh, uh, Two Hearts Beat as One. Those were played oh, yeah. constantly on K Rock, yeah. okay? But so then I picked up this record thinking it was going to be a little like uh, October yeah. Boat. And almost every song on this is really, really good. I that's think what is, I was just thinking. I was thinking this is really there isn't a weak track on here. No. Okay, that's Seconds, which is very catchy. This is a very catchy it's, song. It's great. And it's uh, made like, better, I think, with us talking over it. Oh, for sure. But. <laughs> Like I feel like this is such a huge step up from oh yeah from October. October. Like they were like oh we got to pay attention to the yeah, song. Let's figure this out. Okay, so then you got New Year's Day. We've heard that. Okay, let's go over to like a song. Yeah, here we go. Ooh, those drums sound so full, don't they? Chunk, 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 chunk. And then hear the oh I man, love the I thought they on this. I thought they sounded full then, but then you hear that slapping of yeah. the snare. Sound, that's a great drum sound. It is. Is this? I think this is still Steve Lillywhite again. I, well, I can tell you um, because I have the Wikipedia opened. That's what I hate about iTunes is I don't have all the like. Yeah, on my phone I don't have all that info. Like this is this is great, really great. Steve Lillywhite, yep. He encouraged Larry Mullen Jr., who by the way is the drummer of U2. Right. No, I know that. See, I'm a fan of the band. He encouraged him to use a click track for this record. Okay. He had never used one before, and like a lot of drummers, he was saying, huh, That's bullshit. I don't want to use a click track. Sure. Which I believe, I, I just saw the Sound City documentary, yeah, and I, I believe that. Dave Grohl talks about this as well, about like not wanting to use one, and yeah. then the minute he started going, Oh, yeah. this helps out tremendously. Yes. And that's the same thing that happened to Larry Mullen uh, Jr., is he started using a click track on this, and it helped it out. All right, let's go to the next song, Drowning Man. Drowning Man. This one I don't know as well. Drowning Me neither. Man. Let's see how this one stacks up. A little moody. This is good. This, this is, is a fucking good song. The end of, of side one, and it's a good... I mean, so far on side one, we've had Sunday, Bloody Sunday, Seconds, very catchy, New Year's Day, classic, like a song, that last one we heard, which sounds great. Great. I gotta, I gotta listen to that one this, again. This it's album is clear as a bell. Yeah. They really, they must have found, like, been able to afford a kick-ass recording studio. Like, yeah. let's say Abbey Road, let's say Ocean Way. Sure. Any sure. of these recording studios, Scott, mm -hmm. they were able, they were getting, in, they were starting to move into the big league, Scott. That's what I'm saying. Mm, Scott, I couldn't agree. Thank you, Scott. More. Oh, more. Yeah, this is... I think I remember reading the lyrics to this and writing them down and uh -oh. giving them to a girl and saying I had <laughs> written it. <laughs> that you'd written it? Yeah, I did that a couple times. I did that with... with um, What's that Dire Straits song? The one that Money for nothing? No. <laughs> no, the one Look that... Look at that faggot. <laughs> the one that opened... <laughs> <laughs> what is what, what, what the faggot in an earring and a yeah. meat coat? Yeah, one of the most that. popular songs to ever use <laughs> that word. No, I, I I wrote down the lyrics to uh, what's that Dire Straits song that opens Brothers in Arms? 
I do not know. <laughs> that is one that I'm not. I really? Do not have you didn't have on. brothers in arms? No, my dad is a big Dire Straits fan. I found out. Uh, I tried to get my dad a U2 record. Uh, how to dismantle an atomic bomb thinking, hey, they're cool again yeah. when, you know, all that You Can't Leave Behind came out. Yeah. They're classic now. Let's get him this. He looked at it and he kind of gave me one of those like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to get into this band and now I can. And I bet he never listened to it. Oh, yeah. Plus, I don't like that record. We'll talk about that. You one. don't like Atomic Bomb? No, I don't. We'll wow. talk about it when it, wow. we'll talk about it when we get there. I then have something very controversial to divulge. Oh no! I think we may. Boy, this is going to be a corker of an episode because wow. this sounds like we are polar. Nine, no pun intended. Nine, you work on Parks and Rec. Opposites. Nine hours from now, when we get to that episode, <laughs> uh, listen to the Refugee. This is one yeah, of my favorite songs. Great. On turn, turn this up, uh, Cody. This is the Refugee for more. This is amazing. So clear yeah, and good. It's so good. They were not fucking around. No. Then you got. Uh, then you go over to uh, Two Hearts Beat as One, which so is good. which is deep on side two. I mean, you know, you're burying Two Hearts Beat as One as track seven. Yeah. That's how confident you are in these other songs. Yeah. All right. You got Two Hearts Beat as One. We all know that one. Then you red got light. Red Light. What's Red Light? Let's hear a little bit of that. Oh yeah, this is so this is good. a great song. I used to listen to this over and over. Me too. I think Two Hearts Beat is one is the one I wrote down and oh, plagiarized. And what did the girl say? I think she thought it was cool. I, I think that's the one. I don't. I bet you had no trouble. Like, you never even had to write stuff down, right? You're oh, a good-looking guy. No, right? I had lots of trouble. You had trouble? Lots of, I had to write stuff down. Really? Let me smell your fingers. <laughs> Let me smell my penis. <laughs> Your penis smells like dog's breath. Well, I have trouble still. <laughs> I have no trouble with dogs. Uh, Bono, please contact Wait, us. I'm trying to think of the Dire Straits song. Okay, Fucking, you have here, find a it, computer in your hand. Yeah, I do. You weirdo. All right. After Red Light, we have Surrender. Let's hear that. Oh, this is great. Listen Surrender's this, fucking listen to awesome. This guitar sound. I know. This, this album. This is kind of the classic. This out. This. I mean, are we? Are we finding U2's best album here? This might be. This is a great record. I. I have a. I have. I have a, a pick that you'll hear soon of my favorite. But this is really good. This is great. Here it comes. I mean, this is really like. This is high quality rock and roll. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to say that. Oh, thank goodness. Is that the name of our podcast? <laughs> okay, and then... Here it is. Here it is. So Far Away by The Dire Straits. So you you wrote that one down? So Far yeah, Away? I'm going to download it and then play it for you. Okay, what are the lyrics to it? Uh, we'll, we'll hear it. Uh, well, let's finish out War, by the way. This is the last song on the record was an all-time classic. An all-time classic and one that they just dicking around in the studio, they realized they needed one more song to have 10 and they didn't have one and so they did this little uh this is that little how thing. 40 came about. Yeah, that's how 40 came about. Here Good we go. Lord. Let's hear it. This is 40. They play this uh or they used to play this in almost every show and they would sometimes close out the show. This is a little bit of 40. One, two, three, four. 
three, four. It's funny because you can you can hear how this could come from a jam, I guess. Mm-hmm. A jam. But I hope I'm right about that so little bit good. of detail about them just jamming this. That that may have been uh, from another record, but I've been right about every other piece of trivia so they, far. I think um, something else came from a jam. Is it one came from a jam? That well, one was a very different song in an early incarnation. We'll talk about that definitely. Um, this, oh, I bet we will. This is a great song. This is this may this be YouTube's best might be. record. I mean, we have every single song we've played. We're like. We're, we're realizing how great it is. Yeah, fantastic. Can I All play right. the song I plagiarized? Here we go. So let's hear. This is, uh, by the way, you're listening to You Talking You Too to Me, uh, and this is Dire Straits. <laughs> Do you remember this song? I don't. I never listened to Dire okay, Straits. Okay, I wrote these lyrics out, okay, gave let's... it to a girl, and said, I was thinking of you. Turn up the alerts. Here they are. You want to sleep with her? Where are you when the sun go down? What'd she think? You're so far away. She loved, I mean, loved it. Wow. Loved it. But then, but then, uh, a couple months later, she found out she was listened to listening her radio to, one time, <laughs> listened to this song, and I remember she called me and she was like, "Hey, um, <laughs> Adam, <laughs> what uh, have you is the this Dire Straits song? I listened to it and then I looked at the because li- I was over at." so-and-so's house and you were listening and then I got the lyrics out of her CD and looked at it and it's it's definitely the poem that you sent me and I I remember just being like yeah 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 um that's just because I you know I care about you and Uh. it was it was really (laughs) did uh stupid did uh I'm sure that it's it's still kept going with her or was that the end of it no we uh are married Oh, wow! So you have more than one wife. I have several wives. That's this is amazing, and this is why you're such a big U2 fan. Yes, because they believe in (laughs) multiple uh, marriages. So wait, war, war. I think we've discovered something. We have a long way to go, but this is. I was just saying Mm -hmm. that U2. May even though they're one of the great, in our opinion, I could I, I could probably say with confidence in in our shared Scott opinion, <laughs> they are one of the great bands in the history of yes. Rock and we have roll a lot music. of I have a lot of experience with them. Yes, me too. So and we were just saying though that they they do not have a flawless record, right? But that one sounded pretty I mean, darn good. Let me just take one more look here. There isn't a bad song on there's there. not. So that this may be their, huh? 
flawless record. Although I do, I do. My favorite is coming up. So, uh, but Rattle, I, rattling on. No. <laughs> oh God, boy. Uh, by the way, weird piece of trivia about yours, this record is yours is unforgettable fire. I don't want to say. Well, we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. We All right. Weird piece of trivia about this record. Do you know the band Kid Creole and the Coconuts? Uh, I mean, I've heard of them. You've heard of them? Let me see if I have them on my iPod. I believe I have one song by them. I will try to find them right now. Here we go. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sorry, we will cut this out. Joshua Tree is pretty flawless, too. Oh, nope, I don't have it. I took it off my iPod. But okay, Kid Creole and the Coconuts, they, um, they're a pretty silly band. Yeah. They sing backups on three of the songs on this record. On War? On War. Really? Yeah, here's a quote uh, from the Wikipedia about this issue. Um, in the words of Steve Lillywhite, they just happened to be in Dublin on tour, so we hung out with them, and they came in and sang on Surrender. So it was sort oh, of random, yeah. this serious Irish rock band having the coconuts on their album. Yeah, because there's that that really like... Da, 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 or yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Surrender. Uh-huh. Yeah, but they sang on three... three. That's crazy. I never that knew that crazy. until today. There, it, it, it's such a fuller kind of confident sound. Mm-hmm. And there, there was another dude who uh, I didn't, I don't remember his name, but he saw one of the dudes from U2. I don't remember any of their names. Uh, on the it's bus. Bono, The Edge. Not ringing any bells. Larry Mullen. All of these syllables that Adam you Clayton. are I mean, we, We've been talking I, about them. No, no, no clue. But uh, saw one of, saw this violin player on yeah. the bus and the violin player said, hey, you ever need uh, any violin on your record? And he plays... Uh, on uh, one of the biggest hits, I think on uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh, right? really? Yeah. And that's just by chance. Just he was like, hey, can I come by and lay something down? Those are the types of happy accidents that make a classic mm-hmm. uh, rock and roll album. Yeah. What were, What did you say? This is... The, the, what? what? What was your quote from earlier? This is... This is good rock and roll music. <laughs> I would like to see that quote, by the way. On, guys, start making your like, Oh, like posters. anyone's made it this far. <laughs> start making your posters for this and have that quote right above Scott over here. This is good rock and roll. Uh, music. <laughs> music. Um, I think even like the sound is so clear and... It's such a tight album, but the songs are so good. Like they're they're really, really mm-hmm. well written. Yeah, songs. And I, I, oh, we can save this for later. But I do mm-hmm. not agree with your choice there. With uh, with Atomic what? Unforgettable. With unfor what? Okay, we'll talk about this in our next episode. Is that all we have uh, on this? Um, I was trying to think if I had any any. Any other uh, kind of memories about this period at all? I think that I think we've. Oh, I do have un, unforgettable. I thought maybe I didn't even have it. Okay, I'm gonna listen. Um, 
the shit out of Unforgettable Fire. Okay, we have in our next episode, Unforgettable Fire. That other one, Wide Awake in America. Joshua, oh yeah, Wide Awake in America. (laughs) Joshua Tree. Wait, was Joshua Tree a popular album? I think so. I think people like that. Uh, Unforgettable Fire, Wide Awake in America, Joshua Tree, Rattle and Hum. We'll also talk about Live Aid. We'll talk about cover of Rolling Stone. This is where they get popular. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about this. Popular, Scott, popular beyond their wildest dreams. I mean, I can only imagine being four Irish lads from Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, Dublin. Dublin. Liverpool, I think. Liverpool. Wait. Yeah, Four Liverpool. Irish lads no, from Liverpool, Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool. The lovable lads from Liv is what they used to yep. be called. I cannot imagine. Sure, you think you're going to be incredibly popular and sell 100 million records. Right. But as many as they did? 200 million? No way. No way. That is That's insane. There. That's insane. So these lovable lads, they did it, and we are going to talk about it next week. Uh, any final thoughts Adam on this period. I'm excited about our next episode. Yeah. I'm excited by it too. I think we may be joined by a special guest who wanted to come for the next episode. Yep. So that'll be fun. And I we hope that you enjoyed this episode of You Talking You Two to Me. <laughs> and uh until next week, this is Scott. And this is Scott saying, I hope you found what you're looking for. See you next week. Goodbye, everybody. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shakin? Yes! President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs, people like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.